This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with Dr. Cat, the place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Hey, lovers, and welcome to another episode of Eat, Play, Sex. I'm your sex expert, Dr. Cat. Instagram, we love it. We hate it. And honestly, for me, everything changed about how I interact with social media platform when I decided to make it a platform to share the medicine I have for the world. And since then, I've become more precise about who I follow and more excited to be a part of creating what I share with you every single day. And amid that, I had this self-inquiry about sexy shots that I had done in my underwear. You know, these thoughts of, you know, is this being professional or am I being egocentrical and showing off? And then I realized that this is exactly why I do this work to help de-shame our bodies and our sexuality. I was literally experiencing the exact symptom that is the problem here in our society. This fear of being too much or too revealing or too sexy and fuck that shit. How about being more empowered, listening to ourselves, owning our sexuality, loving our bodies and being a permission slip for everyone else to be able to do the same. No, girl, take your selfies, wear whatever you want to wear, own that shit. And don't let anyone fucking tell you that you are just being, you know, just trying to get attention, that you're going to scare people away and that you're being shallow or insecure. Whatever the reason is, it's yours and not for anyone else to project their own unresolved shit onto you. <clears throat> okay. End rant, or actually more like the beginning as we get into this super sexy episode. And we are diving into talking about the power of boudoir shots and how you can create the best experience for yourself. I've got the very talented Kabir Cardenas here to give us the insight and tips on how to have the best shoot. But before we get to Kabir, I know thinking about having a photo shoot in your underwear and looking all sexy can be really intimidating, especially if we've been holding the fears around what our body looks like and whether it's okay to flaunt our own sexiness because we may not feel so sexy ourselves. It's a practice, right? And we have to be able to undo the negative messages that we hold around what it means to be a sensual woman. That's why we are hosting our Undone Women's Retreat in Tulum, November 12th through the 17th. That's six days to unlock, undo, unleash your most primal, pleasurable self. Embodiment and pleasure practices, deep dives into understanding our erotic map, our song, vocal activation, and so much juiciness. So much more. Check out undoneyoga.com slash retreats for more information. And I want to thank you all for tuning in and sharing this episode with your coworker from down the hall. I love hearing about what you've learned. And I love, love, love when I run into you at Burning Man and you gush about an episode and how it changed your sex life. Ah, it's my favorite and dream come true. That's why I'm here 
to collect the humans with whom I've dropped into epic conversations with about sexuality and body health to help you to eat, play, and sex better. So if you haven't already, please head to eatplaysex.com where you can subscribe to the show, connect with me, and read more about how you can up-level your sex, love, and vitality. Now, to our awesome, awesome guest that I'm so stoked to have on the show here with us, Kabir! Hey! <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here and um, just for you to spread and talk about your magic that you that you bestow upon this world. Thank you. You know, it's super cool and I'm super stoked to be here with you, um, you know, talking about all these super juicy topics. And, you know, I'm super excited uh, to hear you do the opening. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm in the podcast. I'm in the podcast. I'm you know, here. I made very, it. Yeah. It's not, you know, <laughs> I, I listen to them, but then to be in them, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. And, and especially just like we met. So, so first as an intro, Kabir Karenas is an epic epic LA-based photographer who specializes in boudoir shoots. Um, you also do yoga and you also do some commercial work, but where I just like really saw you and fell in love with you was with these uh, just breathtaking, powerful images of women in these boudoir settings. And, and he's been a friend of mine for a few years now that has been the mastermind behind some of my most favorite shots that I have ever taken in my life. Kabir, did you know that? No, and I'm super, <laughs> super stoked to hear it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, oh my God, it's my absolute pleasure. <laughs> now, I wanted to have you on the show because of the way that you speak about boudoir and about the way that you speak about women and and empowerment and it just I think there's a lot of people who may misunderstand what that means or what the goal is for that type of shooting and I wonder if you could you know if you could share with our listeners what we're talking about when we say boudoir like what type of photography is that yes i love to well boudoir itself it's a very broad term nowadays um you know it kind of started as a classic uh hotel room lingerie you know somewhat sexy pictures um mm -hmm. a lot of clients usually were you know brides to be or it was a gift for the boyfriend it was kind of on those lines you know the classic it's kind of like, uh, you know, you have glamour photography, yeah. you know, babes in bikinis and sexy lingerie. Yeah, and I, think kind of like, I think my grandma did glamour <laughs> photography, but not like that kind of glamour <laughs> photography. Not like that. I mean, and even, you know, all those, yeah, all those terms are kind of like fluid in a way, especially uh -huh. nowadays, like, you know, like most other things. But anyways, the, the boudoir kind of has evolved and different photographers kind of infuse it with a little bit of their own take. Some are more artistic. Some are more revealing, but at the end of the day, what I, what I find that to be a common thread, they really become about the person and, and really um, showing the side of the, of the individual 
a lot of times are very intimate pictures, you know, sometimes are nude or, or implied. And, and the, the purpose really is not to put them out to the world a lot of times, but just for the person or, or, or a loved one, a, a close person. Mm. Um, so, you know, again, things are kind of fluid nowadays with Instagram and all that, but for a lot, a lot of it in general was kind of a private shoot for yourself and or your loved one in, you know, a somewhat revealing setting with, with the emphasis on sexiness and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously with Instagram, you know, everything can be anything and, and the, the line is kind of blurred. Also, Boudoir, at least in my book, transcended um, the location, which, you know, Boudoir is basically in French means bedroom. So, and, and if somebody speaks French, can correct me there at some point because that's my understanding. But yeah. uh, so it, it's, it's a, you know, it's a bedroom centric kind of photography and as you notice most of my pictures are not in the bedroom Uh, some of (laughs) them are and most of them are outdoors and or in some sort of studio setting so for me the way this all kind of is is evolving into is creating a space where where the person can uh you know explore and show this side of themselves that might not come out to play all the time and being recorded not so much to have a picture. Um, but what I find usually happens, people rediscover how beautiful they are in, in, in the way they are at that moment. And that to me is the most magical thing that can happen with pictures. And it blows me away every time when people look, you know, at the back of the camera and they go, I didn't know I was that beautiful. And it gives me goosebumps even right now. So, mm. so to me, that's, that's the essence of boudoir. It's creating that space where people can explore a more, you know, intimate, sexual, uh, romantic, however you want to spin it, version of themselves mm-hmm. and really witness it and embrace it in that way. So using it as a tool for a woman to really be, you know, receive this reflection of herself, it's almost like... And it's not even, you know, how somebody, sometimes people tell us, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're sexy. You're this and that. And we're like, eh, uh, it's not really. Okay. Thanks. I didn't wash my hair for like five days, but you know, thank you. Um, but here, all you're doing, I mean, you're holding the space. You're, you're doing a lot. Let's be real. But you turn the camera for them to see the screen and you don't have to say anything but these women receive that self-validation because it's themselves. Exactly. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really magical moment. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to shoot with all sorts of different people from professional models to, I mean, literally escorts and porn stars to mm-hmm. just regular Me. people. Well, <laughs> yeah, you, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're more, more of a public person. You're used to being in front of people. And then you have people that have never shot really a lot. They don't, they don't consider themselves models by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But what really, where, where the shoot really starts taking a very incredible momentum is when they really accept and embrace and they go, wow, these are, you know, I look great. And yes, there's a lot of technical things we can do as photographers to kind of enhance features or or you know make you look your best with lights and smoke and mirrors so to speak but at mm-hmm. the end of the day if your energy is not there it's not going to look good so finding that pivotal moment that image that is really going to make the person go whoa look how beautiful i am and then it just just takes a life of its own and that's a magical moment 
Yeah. And how do you, what do you mean by that? The energy, if the energy isn't there, how do people find this energy? You know, I think it's a bit, okay, let me give you a, a counter example. Uh, we're all familiar with Instagram and you know, you get, we have all seen him, the classic pouty lips, very beautiful body, somewhat artificially enhanced sometimes, you know, the, the package by all intents, it's very beautiful in terms of the new modern, you know, aesthetics. But the, you look at the face, you look at the eyes, and the eyes are not there. The expression is not there. The connection exactly is not there. About. Yes. I know exactly so, what you're talking about. So if you translate that to the opposite, you can have, as long as you have a connection with the eyes, as long as the eyes are alive and engaged, and there's an energy being held in a way inside the person the picture takes a whole life of its own mm-hmm. and i think that's that's something that separates good photographers from the great photographers because the te- technical side of it eventually anybody could learn especially mm-hmm. now with youtube and all that but when you can create that connection that you know and for that you need to clear create a space you need to create comfort you need to create an environment where people know it's okay to try and explore but anyways when you can create that moment where that transmission, where that connection happens, that's when they find themselves. Because mm-hmm. they're not necessarily looking at me. Right. They're, uh, you know, <laughs> they're, they're looking at themselves in a way. I think that's, that's what happens. And that's what comes out. And then, again, the more they see that in themselves, the more it starts feeding that inner you know, fire of beauty and, and self-acceptance and all these different layers. And it becomes fun. And then we start trying new things and new lighting. And then it just goes from there. And, and I don't know, maybe uh, I, I'm pretty sure that that uh, to some degree happened with some of our shoots where we started shooting, even though we shot a couple of times. And then we find that image that is like, oh, this is it. And then the energy picks up from there. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. It's like all of a sudden you get that validation, like that, that self validation by seeing the picture. And then it's, and, and then you know what you can do, what's possible. And it's exactly for you. Mm -hmm. I love it. I I wonder, cause you were talking about photographers and like what they could do to help create that space or help them help create these images. What tips would you give to photographers who are, you know, interested in, in um, creating these boudoir shots? Ooh, great question. Okay. Let me put my teacher hat on. Um, obviously uh, your, your use of light and shadows is going to, it can add or diminish body size. Mm-hmm. It depends how you use it. And it's kind of hard to describe, uh, you know, without images but you can use a shadow to contour uh, a figure where it looks a couple sizes smaller so to speak Mm -hmm. Uh, another very important thing to do is use you know curves uh, bend the elbows the the position of uh, your body versus a camera Uh, you know whatever leans into the camera is not going to look bigger whatever is away from the camera is going to look slimmer Mm. um your lens selection, it's important. Um, a lot of people kind of stay away from wide angles, and I'm talking, and I'm getting super technical here, a 35-millimeter lens. It's a good tool when you want to slim somebody if you use the edges of it. And again, using the leaning away and into the camera, you can add and, and slim down the volume of, you know, I'm, I'm being very, very technical. Um, 
of, of the of the model of the person you're shooting, right? Obviously, other lenses help you slim things down, like uh, 85 or higher, depending what you're doing. Um, also, your your poses are super important. Like I was saying, um, longer pictures always, you know, make you look slimmer. Uh, if you're all bunched up, it doesn't look as great. Sometimes the outfits or garments that you're using can add volume if you're not careful. So, um, so we'll get into that for a mo- in a moment, but just as a photographer, you know, you're creating the space, you're holding the space, you're ah, creating this environment for them. Maybe even walk us through the process that you do, you personally do, or have found to be powerful and potent for these images. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, I think that the, the, you know, every, every connection point, you make an impression, right? So Mm -hmm. from the get go, when the the first time you're talking to people, you want to come across, I mean, I'm talking from, from the perspective of, of, you know, commercial side of it, you know, at the end of the day, I do this as a living and obviously you, you want to maintain that. So being professional and respectful from the get go is super, super important right? So you create that energy. Obviously, I always, not obviously, I'm saying it, um, something very important is to find out their experience, if they shot before, you know, that could be a factor. But more than that is, why why do they want to do these pictures? You know, sometimes they need them for something, you know, I, my range of pictures is not just boudoir, but sometimes when you say specifically boudoir, you're like, hey, where are you coming from? What do you want to create these images? Are they for yourself? Are they for a loved one? You know, what kind of what, what's the trigger or the reason that you want to do these pictures? And that mm-hmm. helps me kind of get an idea of where we could be going. Obviously, yeah. as a level of experience, have you done this before? Uh, how comfortable are you? I think that um, also helps, you know, almost like creating an intention. Like, what yes. are we creating here so that you have mm-hmm. something to put your energy towards? Right. To- yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes the way I kind of dig more into that is using my pictures as reference, because obviously by the time we're in contact, they already are familiar with my images to some degree. So which which images resonate with you? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they could be into the studio look, uh, the ones that uh, we did the last time with the backdrops and oh the God. big lights oh and all God. that. They <gasps> come out so fantastic. Um, or maybe they, they want to do outdoor. Or maybe they, you know, in nature, or maybe they want to do what I kind of call modern boudoir because it's kind of like a more Sunday morning vibe, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a tank top and undies, not the classic lingerie and nature mm-hmm. provocateur, right? More like a yeah. uh, more realistic. So finding out what kind of images they are gravitating towards, again, it just gives me a vibe for the energy they're trying to portray, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, obviously, we go into logistics. When would it work? Uh, where do you want to do it? Do you want to meet somewhere? Do we need to rent a place? You know, all those, all those nitty-gritty. Uh, obviously, I talk about comfort level, you know, from the get-go. I find that a lot of people tend to be um, more modest in the beginning. And then as conversations and or the shoot evolves, they end up being more and more comfortable, which is natural. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's kind of how I prefer it. How do because, you do that? How do you help women to feel more comfortable? Well, it's a well again, the way you portray yourself, the way you come uh-huh. across over the phone, etc. Yeah. Uh, professional, you know. Matter of fact, um, I tell them, hey, you know, you know, something I, you know, 
almost by accident. I say, hey, you know, uh, my family, my wife. So they know I'm a guy that has a family. I right. do this for a living. So again, those those kind of mini barriers that might be there, like, oh, this is not just some weird dude with a camera on Instagram, right? Right. I mean, yeah. Because that that's a whole nother conversation that we can dig into if you oh want. Oh my God, I want it. Yeah, because you're a man yeah. in this profession. How yes. do people know you're not a creep? Well, <laughs> you know, I guess a lot of it is a hope and a prayer in some regards. Yeah. Um, I really encourage people to reach out to anybody that they see on my feed. Um, I also can point them to different people. Obviously, having an, a website that looks professional, that helps. I'm putting my information right there, my phone number, everything. So I'm not just uh, an invisible being behind the social media machine. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like I have all these layers of being real, so to speak, in the digital world. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they're calling my cell phone. So at the end of the day, although you can spoof that and whatnot, but you know, I try to just without making a big deal out of it, just being professional. This is what I do. I've been doing this for a long time. This is the kind of images I do. I also do commercial work. I'm a volunteer firefighter. You know, I just give them reasons to feel it more and more comfortable. Mm-hmm. That they can connect with you, that you're a human, yeah. that you, yeah. yeah, wow. At the end of the day, I know some people feel more comfortable shooting in front of a, of a female, of a woman, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. Uh, just like some people are perfectly comfortable shooting in front of a guy. I think at the end of the day, um, the proof's in the pudding, right? If your images are good and you have a good reputation mm-hmm. and you make them feel comfortable, I don't think, especially nowadays, that there's really a reason whether one is better than another. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a woman has a different uh, energy connection and resonance uh, because they're, they're, they're women themselves. They know what works for them, how to feel better, the mm-hmm. intrinsic you know, challenge that you might have. And they can relate to them more readily, where also a guy obviously would experience that can be kind of alleviated, so to speak, or not be an issue. But also we have a different take on the the image themselves, you know, what what yeah. we kind of gravitate towards. And mm-hmm. that's always there. What I know some people do, and it's something that I kind of entertain the thought back and forth, uh, is having a makeup artist that tends to be a female. And mm-hmm. that also be, is like a built-in layer of um comfort slash safety yeah you know, like, hey yeah. My, my makeup artist is gonna be there too so at the end of the day you know you don't want to do something or, or be perceived as doing something that is on towards and having a witness slash makeup artist slash female in the room just creates yeah. that environment both for the for the person and for the photographer you know it, it can go either way yeah, and I can I can speak to my own experience that I had with you and you uh, you were so playful and fun and just goofy that it relaxed me and I felt really comfortable being around you and I, and I remember commenting I was like this is the best photo shoot I've ever been at because of how you made me feel and I've been in photography sessions with um, male photographers that made me feel so uncomfortable and asked me, you know, started asking me some really inappropriate sexual questions. And I was like, 
you know, this was years ago when I didn't feel like I had a voice so much Mm -hmm. and found myself just like frozen, not sure what to do about my, you know, not sure what to do or say, or if it was okay for me to leave or if I should just put up with it and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, fast forward, um, being, I haven't been in that situation since, but I can imagine that's hard as a woman, you know, especially when we don't feel in our power to be able to say something. Right. No. And, and it really, it breaks my heart when I, when I hear people say that and it happens way more than I'd like to, mm-hmm. to hear. And, you yeah. know, especially people that I know like yourself and it, you know, my Mexican side comes out and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to get my cousin and my other cousin and we're going to find this dude and give him a little <laughs> bit of tough love on how to be respectful. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a, a, a reality, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and obviously for photographers, you want to be super conscious and respectful and really make a point. And to me, this is probably one of the most important things to bear in mind if you want to do images like it. Don't mm-hmm. go anywhere close, any innuendos, any, mm-hmm. you know, anything that could be misconstructed even with people that you're comfortable with, because there's no going back. And, and now mm. with social media, I mean, I don't want to give these too much energy because it's not my favorite topic. And I'd rather, yeah. uh, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like a good for everybody to know. Like there was this super famous photographer not too long ago with over a million followers. He shot for like the biggest social media entities. I mean, the dude was a, a legend, right? Mm-hmm. And he went a little too far with one too many people and this this model outed outed the guy and within 24 hours this guy stopped being anybody they deleted his account nobody would touch him and that's the power of social media and i was blown away how swift and definitive it was i mean this guy would never be able to shoot anywhere unless he changes his name or something so what, what is very unfortunate to me is kind of what you said when, when the models don't know and they kind of get caught in this deer in the headlights kind of thing like, oh, I don't know what to say, what to do. Is this normal? Is this school? Mm-hmm. What should I do? And I just want to say, if you ever find yourself in that situation where it doesn't feel right, even if it's a paid shoot, you, you say, hey, stop, time out. This doesn't feel right. This needs to change right now. I mean, let's say you're a professional model. Mm-hmm. And you're getting paid to do this. That's a little different dynamic, but still, you pull the plug, right? Hey, let me call my agent. This is not what I signed up. Putting that aside, because I don't know how many, you know, we don't how many uh, people like that we're focusing on. Just mm-hmm. regular people, um, you know, exploring it or hiring somebody. I mean, you absolutely have the right to stop and walk away. You never have to stay in that situation ever. So it's a matter of staying in, in your power mm-hmm. and. Say, hey, this doesn't feel good. And this is not something that I signed up to. Uh, it's, you know, it's all the consent dynamic, right? And mm-hmm. that's something that gets really, um, not usually, hopefully, uh, but it does get lost in some people, you know, some photographers. They just start shooting. They see these images. They want to take these uh, specific images and they don't even know how to go around it or how to present it. And it just comes out the wrong way. So yeah, yeah. That, that, that's like the party pooper moment. And so important for us to talk about for the safety of women who are yes. having these she, these shots done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like everything, right? You don't take your car to any dude 
or any play, you know, you, you, you ask around, you, you check on Yelp and you check on social media and you ask your friends. It's kind of like that, you know, kind of do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, followers are a reference point, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they can be artificially manipulated right. and whatnot. And yeah. that doesn't mean anything. So yeah, yeah. just do your, your due diligence and above all, Create a, 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 you know, talk to the person, see how you feel talking to them. How do they sound? We're pretty good at picking up on, you know, this person is kind of weird, sounds kind of yeah. shady, you know, yeah. all, all that stuff kind of plays to your advantage. So given that you have, there's all these, you know, all these things that are out there and the stories that we've heard and, and being a man in this profession, you know, of, of doing these types of sexy shots, how did you even get into this or decide, oh, this is what I want to do? Oh yeah. Well, it's, 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 I started shooting photography a long time ago. My dad was a Mm -hmm. photographer. He should have been a professional, but you know, Mm -hmm. family dynamics kept him away from it. So I grew up, uh, my dad took a lot of pictures. He had a dark room. So I grew up around photography and little by little, you know, eventually I got my own camera and I started shooting, uh, backpacking and mountaineering trips. I started documenting my trips, right? I used to do a lot of backpacking and that kind of thing. And then, you know, I always had a camera around. Then I started running a retreat site in Santa Barbara a number of years ago and started getting really infused with the yoga world. And, um, you know, just started capturing it little by little. Mm -hmm. The whole Acker Yoga gang, you know, all these Mm -hmm. yoga, famous yoga people, Janet Stone and company. So started taking more and more pictures, getting comfortable with it. I always like taking pictures. So, at that time, I was also paragliding a lot, and I started getting published in magazines. I'm like, hey, you know, my pictures are good enough for these. What else can I do? Um, so I wanted to start taking portraits, you know, like full-on portraits, just not not just like headshots, but like proper right. portraits. Yeah. Um, and and what I did at the time to get better at it was, you know, the good old model mayhem, which I don't know how many people still know about it, but back in the day, that was a hub of all things model photographer connection. People who have their profiles and their locations, what they will be able to shoot. And the most important part, time for print, the TFP, right? Which yes. now most people call collaboration yeah. or collabs. Mm-hmm. Like that was TFP. So <laughs> basically it was a trade. You shoot them, uh, they do their time, you put in your work, you give them images, you get to, and for me it was just practicing. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a way to, to, to sharpen my skills. And the more I did it, the more I got into it. And, and then at the time too, um, you know, kind of a segue, my mom is a really good photo- uh, photographer, astrologer. And mm. there was something going on in the stars and one and she's like, hey, you know, you really <laughs> need to pay attention to all your sides, wow. to, to embrace all your sides in your being and not be shy and really explore your artistic expression. She knew I was taking pictures, but she didn't, I mean, she just, you know, moms know things and sometimes they don't know, but they kind of hit the nail in the head most of the time. And, and she basically said, you just need to explore all these sides and, and, you know, sensuality and be okay with it. And that was a key thing. Be okay with it. I don't think mm. it was the what, but the how in a oh, way. I love that. And yeah, yeah it was so embracing. Much yeah. Yes. It was embracing and giving myself permission to take pictures that I always kind of wanted to take, but never really let myself because I didn't think it was proper. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a 
professional. This is not what I do. How am I, you know, what is my wife going to think? That kind of dynamic. Luckily, my wife is super supportive. You know, she sometimes helps me edit. She's like, oh, I like that one. You know, so she's very much aware and involved in what I do. Um, but to me, the transition was giving myself permission. And that's where I started exploring more. And again, you know, Instagram, love it and hate it, but mm -hmm. it's a great venue for meeting people. And right. so I started diving into that and, and just exploring more and more. And in the beginning was not so much technical, but really giving myself the channel, the opportunity to explore. But obviously I always wanted to be respectful and I always want to be respectful. So it was a matter of finding, okay, this is a picture that they're comfortable taking. I assume, and I would confirm that we can take pictures like that. Mm -hmm. And a yeah. lot of times I would leave it like that. And then I would find that the person would have been perfectly happy with do something either more racy or instead of implied full nude, that yeah. kind of stuff. Right. So, and that's something that I sometimes kind of still struggle with. Uh, it's like, Oh, where is the line? And that's like a very tricky place. And that's where people kind of cross it easily, whether asking inappropriate questions at the wrong time mm -hmm. or just being blatant, you know, creeps, whatever. But yeah. I always tend to stay, you know, um, one third of the way, what I think it could go, stay mm -hmm. on this side of, of, you know, safe, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Because at so the end of the day, I want them to feel comfortable and happy about the picture and wanting to do and explore more things than, mm -hmm. than crossing the line one time and that's it. Right. Know? So, so it's like you are leading, but you're, you're letting them lead mainly. Like you're yes. providing this container, but you're letting mm -hmm. them lead how that unfolds there. Yeah. And, and I, I'll pretty much every time and say, okay, this is where we're going to start. Let's see where it goes. I leave it entirely up to you. You know, I, sometimes I even hesitate to say I'm comfortable shooting, whatever. It depends on the person and the vibe that I have, either what I just met him or because I know them beforehand. Uh, but it's really, I tell them, this is picture, these pictures are for you, of you, and mm -hmm. I want you to feel good about them. So you tell me where you want to go. You show what you want to show. Mm -hmm. And then we go from there. From time to time, again, depending on the vibe, the moment, and what we already discussed beforehand. Remember I said, hey, what's your comfort level? So sure, then sure, I, sure. I reiterate that before the shoot and say, hey, this is my understanding. I just want to see where we are at. You know, kind of create that intention from the beginning right. of the actual shoot. And then, again, sometimes you start feeling it. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, hey, let's pretend they just want to do implied. And let's say, you know. Well, hold on, hold on just a second. What yeah. do you mean by implied? Implied. Oh, yes. Implied. Implied is where, for example, you could be wearing nothing, but you are, you have, say, a piece of fabric covering, you know, your breast or, you know, all, all the, like, say, the, the private in front parts. Of the, yeah. The private parts, right? Or, yeah, or using your arm, your hands, kind of to show that you're nude, but not showing anything, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um and a lot of times you can do that with posing or with, you know, garments or whatever. Um, so that would be implied. Obviously, nude is like the name implied, nude. Uh, some people are okay. Showing uh, being, everything. Yeah, showing everything. Okay. Or, or, or not necessarily. I mean, there's all these little shades of what is showing, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get into the, you know, again, the terms. People call different things different ways. But in my head, the terms I use are a little more graphic. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can be completely nude, but that doesn't mean your legs are spread open. Right. Got it. Got it. Can or, you? Yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes the vibe, like, I'm like, Hey, you know, I want something that I don't want to do is poor Nick images, you know? And that's kind of like, a, I heard it from a model and it's, you know, like the name imply, like very, very sexualized, not necessarily sexual, but sexualized. And that's something that I kind of tend to stay away for the most part, unless it's a specific intention for the shoot. But most of the pictures that I do are, you know, wearing very little lingerie, you know, playing with the outfit, implied and nude, because I try to stay within the artistic. Yeah, yeah. I have a question about that because, you know, I've been told that on on, on Instagram before of like, um, you know, about sexualizing an image. I think it was something that I was posting and I was like, well, you know, um, uh, something about sexualizing and, and um, somebody commented on that. And my response back was, you know, we are sexual beings. You can't separate sexual you know our sexuality from the being you can't do it right, you, no, can you, have, can't. you can have um people projecting onto us more of a lusty like um, um ill intent on the per, on the image but but to say that an image is not sexual sexualized i don't think i don't i wonder about that specific terminology so for you, yes. there's a difference in what you're trying to portray. Um, right. Yeah, I think to me where it gets into the not so fun part of the word kind of describe as pornic in a way, it's a almost too graphic for the intents of just shocking or, mm, or okay. um, more artificial when there's no emotion. Mm. right i don't know it's kind of like a fluid concept fluid term uh and i've done like super graphic slash you know very not safe for school kind of stuff <laughs> but at the same time you know it's where is the line where is the person what's the intention and what's the feeling yeah right? yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with all these layers right. and i think they're all part of who we are as being as sexual beings as you know um person persons but again coming back to the instagram is those classic posts of the super sexified babe with like a can of i don't know whatever the energy drink of the day it is you know what are you trying mm -hmm. are you using sex for something are you using sex for itself or mm -hmm. are you just embracing and showing that side and that's where it gets tricky it gets mm -hmm. tricky with the capture it gets tricky with intention and but where it gets really confabulated is in people's experience and opinions. Sure. Right. So when you when if we were to zoom into some of your favorite moments or or shots that um, that you're like, oh my god, that went so well. What are some of the in getting into specifics for women so that they can you know start planning their own shoots? Um, what are certain looks that work? Looks as in as in clothing, yeah, as in, clothing aesthetics. Are there colors mm -hmm. that really really work well for women? Ooh, okay. I I can, but I most of the time I choose not to try to put it into so much of a box from the get go. Mm -hmm. I really tell people, hey, this is the kind of stuff that work. But really, bring what makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the most important part. Obviously, you have a beautiful piece of lingerie. It's going to look awesome. But we can <laughs> do a very beautiful shot with just a piece of fabric, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
But and can, I'm trying to pull it yes. out kind of to give you concrete um, concrete ideas that people can try. Again, coming back to what makes you feel good, right? How would you, uh, you know, if you're doing your own makeup and whatnot, what makes you feel good about yourself? What would you do for your, if you were going to on a date with the person that you are crazy about, right? Um, in terms of clothing, again, geez, it can be so many things. I mean, a little bit, a pair of shorts could be great. A uh, very small tank top could be good. It depends on the individual. Um, sometimes form fitting is best. Sometimes it's not. Geez, I don't know if I'm, giving you like concrete tools. Give me yeah. a little bit of well, feedback. I think, you know, some of the ones that I've really liked, the ones that you've done are women who their clothes are half on. There was this one image that you did of this woman where she had this form-fitting dress, but the dress was was down uh, around her waist. And she was in this field, this um, of um, of wheat or something like that. And oh, yeah, I think I know which like one. That. It was so yeah. simple. And yet that half undone feeling was just you know, really sensual and liberating almost. Yes. And I think that she could have been wearing a fa piece of fabric, a dress, a skirt, a towel. Um, and is that energy, that moment of half undress, half exposing, half, it's kind of, it gives you those questions in your head. What is happening here? Is something mm -hmm. about to happen? Did something already happen? Why is this person so empowered? You know, like all these mini questions. And I, if I, if I'm thinking of the same picture, also the expression and the connection in that image was pretty cool. Mm. You know, the eyes were there. And yeah, and that's when we get into poses. So mm -hmm. it could have been a blue dress or a red dress. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, but again, I mean, being very technical, obviously you want to kind of have a color palette. Uh, and I do mm -hmm. tend to gravitate towards simple colors in general. Mm -hmm. Or you're like sometimes a bright, bright red really works out great. Um, mm -hmm. So but I bright think red against more natural colors, though. Is yes, that what you're because they stand out. Yeah, okay. I used to stay away from it. But one time somebody brought like mm -hmm. a red shirt or something, and it looked so incredible. Something that I'm super into are kimonos. Kimonos are fantastic in a lot of ways because mm -hmm. they can you can be more demure, you can be sexy with them. Gowny mm -hmm. stuff I really like. Let, 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 maybe let me hone on that instead of what I think could help. Let me tell you what I like. Um, and a little bit of why, um, anything timeless and vintage looking tends to look mm -hmm. really good because again, you cannot put a timestamp on it. Mm -hmm. It could have been 50 years ago today or 50 years ago in 50 years. So vintage kind of looking things, not too many, um, like logos or things like that. Like if you were in t-shirts and whatnot, yeah. uh, simple is better. I mm -hmm. like flowy see-through. Uh, kind of things. Oh, I yeah. Yeah, I gravitate towards a little bit of the boho sensibility, you know, mm -hmm. like more earthy, organic. Uh, on If you look at my pictures, uh, a lot of the shots are like that. And also, that's something that most people have, something like that in their wardrobe or can mm -hmm. easily borrow. And a lot yeah. of people, you know, end up going shopping before the shoot, even they say they won't. But uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of what sometimes happens. I do every um, time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's totally worth it. I love showing up to play. And like, I just got all these and look and like, oh, yeah. Christmas came early. And, and that adds to the excitement. I know that the person is invested into the shoot right off the bat because of that. I'm like, oh, they're really excited about these. Mm -hmm. Now it's on me to really bring it on and 
and contribute to the experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, did that answer better? Oh my God, that was so perfect. And then are there, because earlier you were talking about um, this excitement in the eyes or something in the eyes versus these eyes that are empty. How does, how does somebody embody these eyes that you're describing? Yes. And you know, that's, that's tricky sometimes. And some of the things I do, um, one that I tend, the broad thing that I try to, to, to coach him with, so to speak, is the energy that you hold within you is going to come out through your eyes. So if you're nervous, if you're concerned, if you're not here mentally, your eyes are kind of going to look empty. However, if you're holding an energy of love, whether it be towards somebody, love in general, love towards yourself, if you're having an energy um, that is on that wavelength, that's going to come through your eyes. You can mm. picture yourself with somebody or someone that makes you feel really good. And, and depending how, and I sometimes tell them, create a little story, right? Pretend that you're the person that you love being with the most uh, is, is coming through the door and you know you're going to have the most amazing time, a date. Mm. And again, I choose my words depending on the comfort level. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm going to say, hey, pretend you're going to have sex with somebody, right. you know, necessarily, mm-hmm. because that can be off-putting, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, in some sense, I, I say, hey, you know, just hold that energy. You don't have to tell me what it is. Or sometimes, again, depends on the energy. I say, pretend that Brad Pitt is coming to pick you up, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, or something on those lines. You see where I'm going with these? Yeah, so I try yeah, to help yeah. Them creating a scenario for them creating, to talk to you. Yeah. Know? That reminds me of this one time where um, this guy had asked me if I, you know, dominate anybody. And in my head, I was like, I've never dominated anybody in my life. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I had this switch of mindset and I was like, I am a dominatrix and it shifted my whole persona and I became the sassiest bitch. And, And remember this guy, and, and this was all in this this um, shoot because it was for a specific shoot. And, and he was, and the way that I was just like glaring, he was like, oh my God, like I feel it in your eyes. And, and so that was a moment where it clicked for me of, oh, there's this mindset, but then there's also this embodiment that occurs that has to occur there. Yes, absolutely. And, it, and the trick is finding, you know, triggers can have a negative connotation, but those jumping spot, spots where, where the, the person can imbibe an energy. And sometimes it's a discovery. Like you say, mm-hmm. you know, I never knew I had this side of, or never played with this side of me. Right. And boom. And he's like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so that's where the magic happens. And, and, and that's part of being a good photographer in the sense, not that you can push a button and use a camera properly, but bringing that energy out, finding it mm. and bringing it out. Um, that's why, you know, people pay a lot of money for really good headshots because yeah. anybody can take a headshot, but not everybody can take a good headshot. Yeah. So one thing that I love about your work too, is that you also bring in a lot of epic props for people. What have you discovered in your, um, in your exploration, ex- exploration, what some of the best props that you've used before? Um, you know, like everything, you cannot draw inspiration from other pictures that you've seen. It's hard mm-hmm. not to be already permeated with imagery from all our lives looking at screens. But um, 
at the end of the day, I tend to gravitate towards like more classic, simple stuff. Again, mm-hmm. the vintage vein. In terms of like the big, the the full frame, the, the elements that I like to bring. And if you remember, like old, uh, weird, not weird, just old vintage chairs, uh, an old box that used to hold, you know, like wine or something back in the day in Spain. Things that have that kind of like story and patina, you know, that, that, that you know, have a story. Um, I have a box full of these like really cool. And I think I didn't show them to you. Maybe we should do another shoot so you can try them. Um, like these <laughs> I whole, will say yes. <laughs> like these whole uh, uh, property of Boudoir set uh, of, you know, brush and mirror mm. and combs and nail clippers and files like from a hundred years ago. And they're covered oh in God. silver and they're amazing. They're super vintage. And they just create these ambience, right? So when you're creating the ambience, you can bring all these different things. Um, because a they enhance, but they don't become the focus of the oh, of the yeah. of the set. You want to be careful with that. Um, and then when it comes to the person, again, it, it kind of evolves into a little bit of the homework that you did beforehand. What are they about? What they like? And sometimes people just surprise you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I did a shoot actually with a professional domina at the time, and she pulled out this vintage, almost 80 years old lace gown. And I'm like, where did you get that? My grandma <laughs> gave it to me. I'm like, man, your grandma, that's wow. awesome. And and sometimes, you know, little by little, you start acquiring things like that and you just having your bag of tricks. But I tell you, a lot of times all you need, it's a nice piece of fabric, mm-hmm. uh, something for them to anchor on a chair, a box, even just a ground. Yeah. Uh, standing poses are hard for everybody. So if somebody tells you to just do a standing pose from the beginning, uh, they're not helping you out. Um, <laughs> but you, when you give somebody something to anchor on and lean against, it helps a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I have, like, my wife rides horses. So at one point, somebody was getting rid of a bunch of tack, and I saved all these weird old uh, crops. You know, that some people really yeah. like playing with. And like, ooh, it brings out saucy side of things. And like, ooh, yes. And even though if they never played that, you know, role played or anything like that, it's like, mm-hmm. there's a vibe that comes with it. And you see it in their eyes and so they're like, try it on their palm or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's kind of, you know, having a little box full of, uh, of things. And I tell people, bring stuff that you want to play with. And sometimes yeah. they surprise you, you know? Yeah. Sometimes they show with a full-on leather cage outfit and all sorts of things. You're like, whoa, okay. That's how, that's where we're <laughs> going with the shoe. Um, I love that. Yeah, so it's getting creative. And I remember in one of the shots that I did with you, you you had this parachute. You had these parachute ropes. Yes. And we tangled me up in these parachute ropes. Mm-hmm. And that was insane. I felt like, and I pretended that I was, that I was tangled up in this mess of, of all these you know, stress in my life and I was trying to get out and, and I could feel myself embodying that, you know, almost like I took on this character that I was trying to get out of this mess. Yes. Yes. That, that, yeah. I mean, in specifically, and thank you for reminding me of those. That was a random prop that I acquired. I was, I was hired to do a shoot in Death Valley, which if anybody wants to go to Dead Valley, call me because I'm dying to go back. I'm going. Um, I want to go. <laughs> let's do it. It's, it's incredible. Just as a place to be. But the pictures are insane. Yeah. But anyway, I wanted to do a shoot that I had seen a long time ago in the desert with the parachute inflated. But I got it came too late. I didn't get to use it on the shoot. And it just sat there. And then one day, uh, I 
pulled it out just for fun. I don't remember even why. And, and now it's become kind of a fixture. I try to use it for as many people as I can because everybody int, uh, integrates it and relates to it in a different way. Like I was shooting mm-hmm. somebody that I'd never met before and I didn't really know much about her. This was more of a creative shoot. It wasn't so much a, you know, a, a for hire shoot. And it turns out that her dad was in the Air Force and she's a skydiver and she knew everything about parachutes. And then it became this story that we crafted for her boyfriend that at the time was in the Special Forces. You know, mm-hmm. those guys are gnarly and they parachute into combat and whatnot. And to me, I'm like, whoa, I get to make a picture for this guy. And he was deployed at the time or something. So we kind of went off on that vein. So it was a parachute. And also she imbibed that. It, it was kind of like, I, I think at the time we called, what was it? Um, yes, you know, when you parachute, if you get tangled in your parachute, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. <laughs> you could so die. We kinda, yeah, you could <laughs> die, most likely. So we were kind of mixing the your worst nightmare and uh, your best dream slash wet dream. We were trying to combine the layers there. So it was like, it kind of ended up going really cool in a very unexpected direction. And then like yourself, you know, some people create these untangled and fighting it. And some people are like, oh, I'm I'm growing from these. And some people Mm -hmm. dance with the lines. And even though we're using a very simple thing in a very uh, controlled environment, so to speak, we usually only use it for the studio everybody has a different take on it and it's really fun to see it play out. So yes, that, that, that random weird prop using a way that I didn't expect has proven to be really cool. Mm. And, and that's interesting to hear because you know, you present something and everybody projects their own understanding of what this is a metaphor for. So you're allowing for this, this creative process to unfold through their minds, their psyche, just by presenting this third party object. Absolutely. And, and sometimes I don't even know what story is playing in their head. Mm-hmm. All I know is it's going somewhere and I can see the, I can feel the emotion. That's when I know we're really nailing it. When I can feel the emotion beyond the connection or the eyes, when you can feel it just by looking at it, mm. it, it just blows your socks off. I mean, that's where you're like, whoa, now we're in a whole new ball game. Yeah. Uh, and I love getting there. Yeah. And as we, as we wrap up this segment, because there's, there's just so much here that I'm excited about. Um, one of my favorites, you know, speaking to that emotional piece and speaking to the embodiment piece of that is, is um, I brought to my shoot a playlist of all these, this, these songs that make me feel yes. really sexy and empowered. And I found for myself that once we started playing that playlist, I dropped into my body and into a different space. And I was able to feel and connect with the rhythm and the beat of the music. So I found that that was really helpful for, you know, invoking some of these emotions that I wanted to show. Absolutely. And yes, I'm glad you reminded me of that. That's something that I tend to forget even on shoots. Um, I do ask them, hey, what do you want to listen to? And I was, you know, usually like, oh, whatever you want. I'm like, no, 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 this is your shoot. What do you want to play? Because music can make or break a shoot, just like you said, if you can relate to it. So it's hard for me to anticipate what music is going to be well received. Everybody has a different take. Um, I have to say, sometimes I have to put up with music that I would never listen to myself, but that's okay <laughs> as long as it works for the person. Yeah. But just recently, there's this photographer that I kind of look up to, uh, and he just put out a couple of Spotify playlists, and I'm like, huh, I'm going to start rocking those out as a starting point. And then we can, we can um, 
we can, you know, go somewhere else. But, yeah. you know, it's something that I'm kind of consciously starting trying to integrate. And I need to get the, 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 the spot. I think it was Spotify, the one you were playing, because that yeah. was a very cool playlist. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. mm, I'm, I'm going to bring that. this in. Yeah, I'm going to include that playlist, and I'd love for you to share us those playlists of, of those photographers in the show notes so everybody can access those. Because I think that's, that is, you know, to share what we have, to share our resources is how we all rise up together. Absolutely. Yes. Hmm. You know, some people are like secret about what they do or not do. And it's like, right. no, this is, this is about, <laughs> yeah, how can we all grow, right? The pie is exactly. big and gets bigger. Exactly. Oh my God. Thank you so much for all of this information, Kabir. This was amazing to have you on and to hear exactly how people can empower themselves to create these experiences for themselves. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for having me here. It's super exciting. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, whatever shoots we do together or that little project that we've been talking about. And then, yeah, so super, uh, super grateful, super stoked and always a joy to hang out with you. Yeah. And we do have some big projects that are percolating in the stratosphere. So if you want to find out when those are going to launch, sign up for my newsletter and get the 411 as it drops. How else can people find you, Kabir? How can they find your work? How they can, how can they find out more about you? Yes. Well, uh, I have a website, kabircardenas.com, uh, my name. Yeah, again, one of those layers to just in the open. I'm not putting a weird name there. Then my Instagram, I have Kabir C, K-A-B-I-R-C. Uh, that's where I put all my uh, boudoir shoots. Um, and those are my main two avenues. You know, I don't really go yeah. very far from there. You don't I need to. <laughs> a, a portrait-centric one, but I kind of abandoned it. I just stick to the one I had already. Um, but yeah, those, that's that's my main two places where they can find me. Probably uh-huh. my, my email, kabir at kabircardinal.com. Pretty straightforward. And yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll put those somewhere so people can just click. But uh, that's the main two. Sure, sure. And and you won't, if you reach out to him and you work with him, you have the pleasure of working with him, you will not be disappointed. I'm I'm not even exaggerating that these are the best photos I've ever had. And I've had many, many photo shoots. So thank you again. And lovers, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please head to eatplaysex.com to subscribe to the show, connect with us, click these links, get these goodies, get these sexy playlists and grab our sexy guides because my goal here is to help you to eat, play and sex better so you can improve your sex life, which we know will improve every aspect of your life. I'll see you next time on Eat, Play, Sex. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out eatplaysex.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.